Welcome to the Coach and the Therapist podcast, where we discuss solutions to life's problems from two different, though related, perspectives. Each week, we pick a topic such as anxiety, depression, or weight loss and offer our views based on our training, background, and experience. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to, share, and subscribe to this podcast. For more information, head to my website at vanessachristiansen.com. Welcome back um, to podcast three on the coach and the therapist. So today we're actually going to talk a little bit about the next thing and probably the, I would say probably a really important thing, which is emotions um, and where they come from and what do they do? So Jake, what do you think? I think you were going to talk about the scientific part of it. Well, I also would say, based on our conversations earlier, it's probably the more controversial topic <laughs> that we have. Yeah, you guys don't. <laughs> Leading up to this podcast, there was a lot of emotions, mainly from me. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, so the only thing I was going to talk about really quickly is just the idea of um, where emotions come from. And there's, there's different ways of looking at this, and some people will say that your emotions uh, come first, and that's what you just experience, and then your thoughts come after that. Other people will say, well, your, your thoughts happen, and then uh, the emotions follow that. And that's a little bit kind of like saying nurture versus nature and why people do what they do. You know, that it's the way that you're raised, or it's the way that you're born. Well, the reality is there's an interplay between the two, and so we have to just have that recognition and realization that there's a huge interplay between thoughts and emotions, and sometimes emotions can come first, and sometimes uh, thoughts can come first. And I do think that when it comes to trying to help people to change or to modify their behavior, um, we really do look at how thoughts impact emotion as opposed to emotions being the thing that we're uh, trying to modify or work with, although there are theories that, uh, that do just that. Um, the thing that I was going to say was that uh, there is some brain research that sort of indicates why this happens. So there are parts of our mind that are associated with emotion. One of those is the amygdala. And so you can have stimulus or stimuli in the environment. And that stimuli can trigger the amygdala and elicit emotions. Um, so like if, uh, you know, if there is some place that uh, I just love to go and it's my favorite place and it always makes me happy, if I drive by that place, the amygdala can be triggered just by the visual information that's processed in my brain and then I might begin to feel happy or I might feel excited or, or thought, thoughtful about uh, what that experience is like. So that thought will come after that emotion. So that's something that is important to keep in mind and I know when you were talking we were talking about this the other day you had mentioned that that's more kind of like your flight fight um, freeze response cycle. Yeah yeah so um, how I explain it to my clients is that um, really our brain is super amazing and like a lot of times we don't really actually have to stop think and then respond it's much more of a fight flight or freeze uh, which is it's just the body reacted like the mind and the body reacting and um and so a lot of times it's for survival right so of course fear and um you know, wanting to be included and those type of things are very much a survival thing. You're trying to avoid being eaten by bears, right? Or to be outed from a group and be eaten by bears and so forth. Um, it's generally something we try to avoid as being <laughs> an outcast eaten by a bear. Yeah, but that's like the primal, you know, the the idea of that. It, it's in us, right? It's we have. It's to survive. And then, of course, then there's the pleasure part of that. It's like if there was no pleasure, how would we 
ever want to even just exist, right? So um, yeah, so our brain is pretty amazing in that sense is that it, it's that it just really wants us to survive. And so how that happens is that, especially like, for example, if someone, it, you get up and you're just like, oh, you know, I'm kind of grumpy or whatever. I had a long, like long night or whatever. You don't actually have to have that thought first of like, I'm grumpy. Why am I grumpy? You know, like, oh, I've had a long night. It's much more along the lines of like, I didn't sleep well. My body knows that. And immediately you're just like, <laughs> you know, um, another one is that if, uh, we sort of talked about this, uh, last week where, um, if, you know, our memory sometimes will, um, release a memory and, or just experiences where we, our body will just react to say a loud noise or say someone coming up behind us and along that line. And so if you've had experiences like that, so again, our mind is pretty amazing where it is for survival. And so yes, some of those reactions there and some of those sensations start there. Um, now in coaching, and this is, I think where we were definitely having our, <laughs> our spirited conversation was, um, I, I don't know if I was explaining myself very well. Um, in coaching, what I, I tend to do is I, I just want them to become more aware of their emotions. And then instead of just reacting from them, uh, we take a few steps, right? And we kind of do a pause. And of course this takes time and practice, but, um, I spend a lot of time with uh, my clients just becoming more aware of their emotions and, um, and, and then eventually allowing them so that, you know, emotions are great. I mean, it's like, it's the human experience, right? But the problem becomes when we end up having, um, overwhelming emotions and a reoccurring emotion. And it's usually brought on there with like that thought or thoughts that, continue like the overwhelm or the worry and the anxiety, um, and things like that. So, um, we do this, um, allowing emotions is different though, than from reacting to them or avoiding them and resisting them. And so I spent a lot of time explaining those three different concepts of, of how, you know, this is usually what we do when we avoid, this is usually what we do, uh, when we resist an emotion, this is exactly what we do when we react from an emotion. So we spend a lot of time, um, just actually intentionally experiencing the emotion and then also just having, um, um, compassion, right. For our body, for trying to like survive and just, I mean, our mind just being so great and actually, just saying, Hey, I'm just trying to keep you alive. No bears. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about that? Um, no, I, I, I agree. And a lot of the things that you're saying are, are useful in the therapy world in the sense of like your emotions, your emotions are, are useful to you in as much as they allow you to experience life. And sometimes when we try to constrict our emotions and we try to blunt them or remove or eliminate them from our lives, we actually make our problems worse. Yes. Yep. So there are there are whole uh, theories of the therapy world that will basically say that the constriction of emotion is the is the cause of people's problems. Mm -hmm. um, so if you think about like if you if you lose a loved one, and you just will not allow yourself to grieve or to feel or experience the the grieving process, right. you'll actually have that turn into other dysfunction or other symptoms that go along with 
um, other disorders or other problems. Right, right. So sometimes what you're really trying to do is actually just get people to accept, experience, and acknowledge their emotions and and even just live with them or be in them for a moment. Yeah. There's actually two things that uh, I always am trying to tell people, and they don't always believe me. Um, but when I walk them through an emotional experience or emotional exercise, they usually find this to be true, is one is that emotions will not kill you. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I totally believe that. <laughs> they, 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 they can't kill you. They can't, right. they can't harm you. Yeah. They can't do anything awful to you. They can make you feel uncomfortable, right. but they can't, they can't kill you. Right. The second thing is, is that they are fleeting, and it's actually the attempt to try to hold on to them mm-hmm. that makes them hold on stronger. Okay, exactly. So that's where, like, I mean, we call it different things, but that's where we actually talk about, like, what thoughts continue to bring on this emotion? And then, like, the thought of, like, and then it's almost like making it, expounding it. And so you keep thinking about and um, and you keep growing like that emotion almost um, and where it just kind of festers. Um, so the thoughts of that emotion as well. I mean, you also even have, um, I mean, if we want to put emotion in, in as like the main thing and then our thoughts about the emotion, like bring on like shame or anger. I mean, that then just becomes a whole nother layer of emotions that are brought on. Um, but yes, so I, uh, totally appreciate that, um, that like what you just said. Um, and so I, I do believe that there are like those first kind of, um, kind of like the primal emotions where it's like, yes, you don't actually consciously are thinking, oh, I have this thought. So therefore I have an emotion. Those are like the fight, flight, or freeze, which is what I explained to my clients. Um, but the ones, uh, that we are, um, you know, dealing with life in general, like, let's just say, um, for example, I have a few clients who are dealing with individuals like who are, you know, co-workers that every time they walk in, it's already, there's an emotion there and there's, um, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of thoughts that go with it. And so the idea is that I, I kind of just, we sit there with that emotion and we, we describe it. And we, um, instead of like reacting from it um, or pretending like it's not a big deal and just saying like, oh, but they're a good person too. Or like trying to like, you know, I call it thought swap where it's like, I'm going to pretend like there's nothing wrong, just avoid it or, um, or resist it, which is kind of like digging in, in there and then like you were mentioning, it creates other problems. Um, it's just actually to kind of like sit with it. And um, instead of the way that I explain it to my clients is that instead of letting the emotion be in the driver's seat and you the passenger in the car, you actually just sort of say, okay, now hold on, <laughs> get in the passenger seat. I'm gonna sit with you for a while and we're actually gonna pull over the car because I don't wanna drive to the action that you are driving to, right? And so there's nothing wrong with that emotion. There's nothing wrong with feeling sadness when you when you have something sad that happens, right? And there's nothing wrong with feeling upset about something that's upsetting. Um, but to know that we can actually sit with our emotion instead of just reacting from them, instead of like trying to avoid them, it's actually super helpful to know that those emotions actually, when we react to it, like 
do actions. Like we come from action point from if I'm angry at you, like I'm definitely going to be stomping around, being a little terse and certain things uh, along that line if that's the emotion that's driving to the action. Now, if I just sort of say, okay, I'm gonna put you in the passenger seat and it's all right for me to feel this anger, I'm just kind of curious as to why you're here. That's when we actually do some of the sitting with the emotion appropriately and just be curious about it. And then that's when it's like, well, do I wanna continue to feel this way? Yeah, for a little bit. (laughs) We're gonna sit in the car and just sit here for a while. And then I'm just gonna sit here, but I'm not gonna drive to the action from this emotion. And what I like to do is to then just sort of be like, thanks brain, like thanks. Of course I'm feeling angry because like, I want to be loved and I want to like feel connection because I want to not be like ousted from my family and eaten by bears, right? Back to bears. Yes, <laughs> it's always about the bears. Um, but, um, and that's actually how you tend to kind of sit with an emotion, but then bring in compassion into the car as well. And eventually you can sit that main emotion of like hurt or anger and put it in the back seat and bring in pa- compassion into the into the passenger seat and still sit there for a while. And then that's when you can then have, okay, now I'm ready. Where do I actually want to come from? I have compassion and anger in the car, but I also know the reason why I think of compassion is because I'm thankful for my brain and how it's working. I'm pausing. I don't react from the anger, right? So what are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Yeah, I think the big thing is just that uh, you don't have to let, you don't have to let emotions call the shots in your life. Yeah. Um, Usually when we are operating from a place where our emotions are dictating our behavior, it's going to usually turn out kind of bad. Right. Which, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of times I feel frustration and I act from it, right, immediately, because that's where I go. Instead of taking the pause and saying, why am I frustrated? And then the thoughts come up. And it's coming from a part of your brain. Like the emotion is coming from a part of your brain that's not really rational. Right. You know, it doesn't have a lot of rational um, aspects of it. It's really just more about stimulus response. Right. And when we do stimulus response, we often misinterpret the situation and we often get wrong the the behavior. Right. Um, I've had this happen several times in my life <laughs> where... <laughs> Where like I think back like when I was in school and I had like a bad grade or something and I would I would get upset and react and and like lash out at a teacher or something and never did that result in the teacher saying like oh my gosh I totally want to help you like, <laughs> and I'm going to help you get a better grade and everything's going to be better and you're going to feel good right it usually resulted in teachers becoming less willing to help me or less able to uh, right. respond to the needs that I had right yeah. so we have that happen a lot where we we think it's working out great but it's actually making things worse when we're operating from emotion. Right, right. Um, so I've uh, I, I, that's one of the things that I have have noticed that um, at least with coaching, it has helped me to do, which is to really just actively have almost like a simple way to just pause and really just take note of what's happening. And um, there's something that came up earlier while I was thinking about this episode um, was that once one of your sisters said, um, I really know that you're upset when you get really quiet. And I'm like, actually, I'm not really that upset. I'm actually just like processing my emotion, <laughs> like 
trying to figure out what's going on. I'm just being really curious. And, um, and so I, I don't know, which is really interesting. It's like that pause. She took it as like, I'm upset, but really it was just a more of a, no, I'm actually just trying to really understand my emotion and sit with it and really think like what's going on here. And so I want to operate from more of a compassion to my brain, but then also what's really interesting is that um, when I'm compassionate for my for my like initial response of emotion and being curious about it, um, I then almost can then turn to the other person like and go, okay, you're having also this going on, but I'm taking a pause. I don't know if you are, but I can have compassion that you're human and you're going through a lot of things as well. And like you're definitely, your actions are coming from a an emotion, right? So that's where um, I always tell, my clients don't ever believe me where it's like, you can have compassion even within like a moment of like when they're not being the kindest person or... <laughs> or in a moment of like, you really think that they are wrong. And they're like, no, no, no. And then we kind of do this work for a bit and they're like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Right. Um, in terms of some practical suggestions about how to deal with emotion, because this is usually where people get kind of hung up is they'll, they'll say to themselves like, well, I'm having this thing, it's overwhelming. Because it's overwhelming, I don't know what to do and therefore I need to avoid this experience. You've been talking a lot about just letting it, just letting it be, just kind of like allowing that feeling to exist and being able to go through that feeling instead of trying to um, destroy it. Yes. There's other things too, like uh, like you can you can work on breathing. So oftentimes when we're starting to have negative emotions, we constrict our breathing and we don't um, we don't take the normal deep breaths that we normally would. Mm -hmm. And as we begin to deprive our brains of oxygen, it only makes things worse. Right. Um, so remembering to breathe is a is certainly a helpful a helpful suggestion. Mm, yeah, and then there's also what you've done before, with, which is to just kind of bring it back to the present moment, which is to kind of know your surroundings and bring it back to the five senses of what do I see, what do I feel, and what do I hear? So that instead of like, especially with that overwhelm feeling, um, because um, that is very different from just an initial of hurt or a little bit of a worry. Overwhelm is like, overwhelming <laughs> and so uh, especially I you well you know this but they might not know this but I've had panic attacks in the past and so um, kind of what you've just mentioned like the breathing and then also just bringing it back from whatever your body is trying to warn you of the future or remind you of the past or whatever's going on right there the response that's going on in your body is to just kind of bring it back to the present moment yeah, and some things that can help with that are like grounding techniques. Yeah. So some people have like a, like a heavy rock or something that allows them to like feel the weight in their hands. Um, some people use smells or other things that help them to come back into the present moment mm -hmm. and uh, and be able to to kind of cope with and move through that emotion. Right. Um, another thing that can be helpful when you're experiencing strong emotions is to reach out to other people. So we get into these really negative loops and negative tapes in our minds, and right. we say things that are that are just very judgmental of the thoughts and emotions that we're having. So like if I'm sad, like there's all these negative thoughts that go along with being sad. Right. You know, I, I hate this, I can't stand this, and like this is all miserable, and here's all the reasons I'm sad. Well, sometimes if we reach out to other people and seek a connection with them, right. um, we can actually have some of that, that negative internal dialogue decrease a bit. Yeah. Um, and that's a really good place to kind of mention the difference of who you should be seeing with um, 
like a therapist or a coach. You know, I am very helpful with people who do have depression, but that have had experience with a therapist who have worked through already and done quite a bit of work with, you know, with their depression. So the way that I, um, I have a few clients who are either have, have the diagnosis of anxiety or depression. And so the work that they've done with a therapist is quite, um, different, although overlapping, but with me is that I don't ever change that part. That one, I just, again, I go back to the, to the passenger in your car instead of having it, um, instead of having it again be the driver uh, you know we kind of focus on it being like no it's just it's it's definitely a passenger in your back seat and you've done great work with your therapist and so now we work on the thoughts and emotions even though we know we have depression also in the back seat so it's um and our thoughts about depression as well so i do work with with that as well but definitely the there's that big difference between you don't you don't immediately go to a coach when you are like definitely not with suicidal thoughts or like really, really downward spirals in depression and things like that. That's definitely a therapist. That's not my wheelhouse of a coach. That's definitely a therapist wheelhouse. Yeah. And some of the, some of the things that, uh, that come from that is you notice those negative internal messages. You can always challenge those too and try to say something more positive to yourself or, or recognize that there are more healthy ways to think about the emotions. So when you have emotion that you don't want, that you're not really appreciating, if you let, the, if you let it sit and you begin to say things to yourself that are negative, like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so stupid, why do I do this? Then challenge those negative internal dialogues so that you can begin to um, allow that emotion to pass instead of become entrenched. I know we've talked about that a little bit, but I think it's important to reiterate that what you think about your emotions can have a huge Im- impact on what happens to them. Yes. Yeah. Um, other things that you can do while you are feeling uh, overwhelmed or you're feeling like like you're not managing those emotions well is you can always write. So sometimes just writing things out allows you to distract from that. Um, you can also help another person. So we talked a little bit about reaching out, but that reaching out is asking other people for help, but you can also seek to help other people. That will shift your, your mind away from painful feelings and allow you to kind of get out of yourself. Right. Um, yes. And so, uh, also in that sense of like, when you are sitting with the emotion and letting it be there, that's where we do the thank you so much brain. But then we also then say, and I'm also great things as well. And then that's where we kind of do trying to bring it back and try to find other, um, I call them bridging thoughts where it's kind of like, um, yeah. You don't say, I'm amazing, I'm awesome, because you don't believe that. But there are bridging thoughts that you can that you can um, do, which is like, um, it's okay, I can make it through today until I can reach out to someone and, and I'll work on this, or I am starting to think this way, and bring up some of the thoughts that are positive that um, you can actually start to bridge over to a different emotion Um, not to avoid it but to kind of bridge out of um, especially when it's in a negative in a negative space yeah i like to talk about the balance sometimes Mm -hmm. you know like negative negative emotion or negative thoughts tend to be all one-sided yeah where you can balance that out with some other side of it so if you say to yourself like oh my gosh like i'm so incapable you can you can balance that by saying like well i'm capable in some things even though i may be incapable in this other and even, even that sometimes will really help people to begin to move away from the negative emotion because negative emotions tend to be very 
black and white. Like I'm either all or nothing or right. 100% this or, or not that at all. And, and balancing your thoughts out can be really helpful. Right. So um, one of the bridging thoughts was um, I'm, I'm becoming a person who. So uh, I'm becoming a person who is trying to be more positive. You know, I'm, I'm a person who is um, I'm seeking evidence that there is good in this or I'm um, it is possible that. So um, those are the type of things that you can can lead over into a more positive um, uh, moment of that of that thing. So, um, yeah, so very good. I, um, something that, uh, I thought would be really, um, important that I wanted to bring up was that, um, a lot of times when we are, I know we've kind of focused on some of the negative, um, emotions here, but, uh, something that's really, um, kind of helpful, especially for clients. And it's been very helpful to me is, is that there are there are two kind of really major emotions that I feel that kind of help us, especially in a moment of like, okay, I'm frustrated, I'm angry or whatever. And the first one I already sort of spoke it, it's um, curiosity. So you can feel curious, right? And so curious is to just sort of be interested into knowing more about in a, in a good way. Yeah, um, and so, um, and compassion, of course. Um, and you can actually see how that goes, where you can just be grateful for your body and reacting in a way to try to keep you in survival mode and doing well, you know, just away from those darn bears. <laughs> yeah, so I think the, the last thing that I would say is just that it, if all else fails, um, you can always do something nice for yourself too. Yeah. So those are, those are uh, or that's a way to actually kind of help yourself out People who have negative emotions are often experiencing negative things. Yeah. Um, and people who think negatively about themselves don't really think they're worth a lot. Right. But when you do something nice for yourself, you actually do help yourself to know that you're worth investing in, that you're worth being taken care of. Right. And that you're worth, you know, paying attention to. Right. And um, and I also believe that um, that compassion is one of those things that you can do for yourself and just sort of be thankful of, like, that you have a body and a mind that's that's really trying to care for you. Yeah, and that can kind of encompass all of the different things that we're talking about. That compassion can be um, laced into all the different ways that you might be able to manage or work with emotions. Right. Okay, so um, to kind of wrap this up, we uh, you have some... Um, some courses that you have online that we're going to probably add in the in the notes um, that you can it, it doesn't take the place of a therapist or a coach but it definitely gives a lot of information and um, and so we'll add it to the notes um, so go and check those out and then if you are wanting to if you're looking for a coach um, I am most experienced with um, women who are either entrepreneurs or in the creative workforce who are looking to kind of level up and just have a, a slightly better quality of life, which ends up being kind of a way better quality of life. And that's it. Thanks so much. Oh, yeah. Reach me at vanessachristensen.com. <laughs> the courses that Vanessa is talking about are found at strengthenyou.com. So okay. There's a couple places to go. Yeah, there you go. We'll have those all in our notes <laughs> down below. Thanks, guys. Bye.